This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, as well as xzbn.net and xzbnradiotv. And, of course, if you'd like to find out what great programming we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, 247-365, visit www.xzbn.net. Before I get to, to our next guest this hour explanation, what I'd like you to do is is get your family members to come into the room or pull over to the car, pull over the car, because I don't want you to miss anything for this next hour. It's going to be very important. But I would like to let everybody know that we have two new shows starting on the Exxon Broadcast Network in the next couple of weeks. The first show is called Too Good to Be True. It's going to be with Justin, uh, Justina Marsh and her dad, Peter Marsh. They're going to be discussing unsolved mysteries that are too good to be true. And then we have from Germany. Her name is Krista, and she's going to be doing a show called Tell Us, Tell Us Radio. So two great new shows starting on the Exxon Broadcast Network in the next couple of weeks. And don't forget, May the 1st is when we launch on the International Marine Satellite Network, the X-Zone TV Network. All right, we're going to be talking about a very serious subject here. We're going to be talking about the opite crisis in America. My guest is medical television correspondent Dr. Pav Grover, and he's going to be discussing with us the growing epidemic of the nation's opoid crisis. Now, um... The crisis in America is a complicated, multifaceted crisis reaching a tipping point. Since 2000, and this is according to the CDC, the United States has experienced an epidemic of drug overdoses, and an overdose explanation is nothing more than a poisoning deaths. Uh, Since 2000, the rate of deaths from opiate drug overdoses has increased 200%. Now, this is a quote from our guest. Over the the years in medicines, the pendulum of prescribing of opates has shifted from an undertreatment of pain to overprescribing of pain medications and now back to rolling back the writing of opides, opides, opoids, whatever. Bad pills. That also tells it. As a result of increased regulations, there are massive changes in opate prescribing classifications and heightened scrutiny. Joining me now is Dr. Pav Grover, and uh, Dr. Grover, thanks very much for joining us tonight here on the Exxon to talk about this 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 nice problem. Here, Rob. Where do we start, sir? Well, let's start. If you, you know your listeners, everyone, if we just take it down to this is not really a crisis going on on TV. This is experiencing in our own family, mm-hmm. and you think we all know somebody in our family or a relative who's had a problem with addiction. Unfortunately, some might have had the experience of somebody overdosing. But at the same time, we also have family members 
that are suffering from severe intractable pain. So how do we put these two together and consolidate mm-hmm. these two realities? And if we look at, uh, we'll, we're going to talk about pain because it's very important. There's over like 100 million people just in the U.S. that have pain problems, and that number is getting worse. So we're not doing a good job in managing pain. We're going to talk about why we have pain, mm-hmm. first of all, because nobody really understands that. And let's just go, and then we'll go into the drug addiction and what's really happening. It's not what you think is happening. It's something else. Now, you have experience as a as a police officer, right? So you yes. know that the situation on the ground and in the field is much more realistic than when we start to put together data from statistics and different kind of things. So what's really happening on the ground is completely different than where the whole focus of the CDC, the government is in terms of the opiate crisis, right? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So let's talk about that. What, what is chronic pain? Why do people have it? Cause everyone wonders, is that in our head? You know, everyone's got some sort of pain problem. Sure. And the way to understand that is we all have acute pain. Acute pain is basically f- essential for survival. So, Rob, if you put your hand near a fire, mm-hmm. your pain nerves will shoot off and you'll withdraw your hand so you prevent injury. Right. So it's a life-saving. If we didn't have that, we'd have injury. So think of it like a car alarm mm-hmm. that goes off when somebody's trying to jack your car. All right, okay? Pav, That's I hate to do this pain. to you, my friend, but you and I have yeah. to take a break. Please stand by. Exonation, our guest this hour is Dr. Pav Grover. Here's a couple of websites. Uh, Inovospine.net, that's I-N-O-V-O spine.net. And um, his YouTube channel, very educational, Paging Dr. Grover. That's Paging Dr. Grover. Check them out later on tonight, not while we're talking, because what Dr. Grover has to say is very, very important. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
Wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere. Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation, uh, Dr. Pav Grover is our special guest for this hour. Here's a couple of websites. They're educational. I-N-O-V-O-S-P-I-N-E dot net. And uh, the doctor's YouTube channel is Paging Dr. Grover. Uh, Pav, we were talking about pain before we went to the commercial break and what causes pain. And better, I, I, I would imagine that in order to understand the, the opiate problem, we have to understand the reasoning, if there is any such a thing, of the problem. So I'm sorry for cutting you off, but we had to go to that break. So if you'd be kind enough to continue, sir. Sure. So what we couldn't figure out, so we know why we had acute pain. It's a survival mechanism. We couldn't figure out for the longest time is that why does the body produce this chronic pain situation? Because, you know, you, you had some issue, you have a problem in your hip, for example, your body shifts its weight to get off the painful hip, your back, the balance is thrown off and chronic pain, basically the body responds to the stress with releasing of cortisol, which is a stress hormone that decreases our immunity, breaks down tissue. So it's a very toxic effect. And then once you're, you know, you can't do things that you used to, it starts to affect your relationships, your productivity. So it's a very destructive cycle. So, you know, all these talk about when people have a legitimate pain problem to say, well, it's in your head or you just have to live with it. You know, people don't realize how destructive pain is. So what we learn, the reason mm-hmm. that we have chronic pain is that it's a dysfunction in the circuits that transmit the pain fibers. Think of it like that car alarm that we talked about. Right. This time the car alarm is going off without anybody jacking with your car, right? So that sets this whole process in motion. And the two big mistakes medicine makes, the reason that we have people with more and more pain problems is because we treat the chronic pain, which might be a circuit dysfunction, as a structural issue. So we're constantly looking for a structural problem to operate on, right? And sometimes there is a structural issue, but most of the time it's just dysfunction. And when we get an MRI or we get x-rays, we're, you know, that's also misleading a little bit because MRIs never show one clear-cut problem. Right. And we've all gone to the doctor and they've said, well, you've got a bulging disc. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll try some steroid injections or physical therapy, biofeedback. Well, that's good. You need to try all of that. And suppose it doesn't work, then we get focused on that bulging disc, we start to operate on it. But suppose it could be a, a pinch nerve from your piriformis muscles, which is in the gluteal area that can pinch off your sciatic, mm-hmm. and that doesn't show up on an x-ray. So, you know, misdiagnosis is a big problem in terms of where we go. We rely too much on x-ray. So we, you know, to get at the source, we need to really understand chronic pain and how to manage it. And basically the way you do it, you can diagnose it and you shut off that impulse for a little while to have your body heal itself. So these constant surgeries in this, it it doesn't lead to fixing it because we're treating it like That's right. acute pain. Okay, now having said that, all right, there's no argument certain subset of patients, especially elderly, they're going to respond or they're going to need 
long-term opiates. Now, understand that's a last resort. Nobody wants to be on meds. We don't want surgery. And, you know, the so this is really the big issue right now is because of the whole focus is on that all this problem is due to prescription opiates. We're banning, you know, opiates and stuff. And there's, there's, like, there's, no, there's no argument. You want to try biofeedback mm-hmm. stress relaxation. It's not one or the other. And then when you have patients on opiates, if they're monitored, you know, they can do well with it and improve their quality of life, especially the elderly. But we're told by authorities that chronic pain is, you know, medications or opiates help with cancer pain, but they don't help very much with non-cancer pain, meaning back pain or anything that doesn't have to do with cancer, right? That's what you hear. We hear that all the time. Now, if you think about it, look at the implications of, of that statement. What is the difference, Rob, between a cancer cell impinging on a nerve in the spine versus a disc pinching the same nerve in the spine? There's really not much difference, right? So we have to step back and this argument about it only works for cancer pain and not cancer pain, so we're not going to treat people that's got severe pain because they don't have cancer. You know, So the, the logic behind that is, is flawed. Right? Now, having said all that, you talked about when you were a police officer and people would be you know, caught with so many Percodans or Percocet. And if we understand the pendulum years ago, there wasn't undertreatment of pain. Even cancer patients weren't getting adequately treated. So there was national initiatives, at least in the U.S., where they made pain a fifth vital sign along with blood pressure, heart rate. So, but unfortunately, though, we went to over-prescribing. There was a lot of doctors writing too much medication, and we had no way to monitor that time, whether they were getting it from different doctors or combining it with alcohol or, you know, selling it on the street as, as you've experienced as a, as a police officer. So we started having these overdeath, accidental overdeath rates. Then the pendulum has swung back because of increased regulation, awareness, vilification of doctors. Now they all, but what's happening now is that every, every doctor, the legitimate one, are afraid to write medications, right, because they're being vilified and threatened to be put in jail. So what's actually happening now is when this restriction came down on, on medication, and we needed that, to be honest with you, the price of diverted prescription opiates skyrocketed, right? And all of a sudden, at that same time, there was a new heroin on the market. And previous to that, the heroin was sticky and tar-like and had yeah. to be injected. But the new heroin was, as we talked about before, was powdered, and it could be snorted so people who were afraid of needles you know, it diverted that. And then drug dealers were cutting it with uh, a stronger medication called fentanyl, which at least in the U.S., they get that in the mail from overseas. And they cut the drugs mm-hmm. with it. And at first glance, it doesn't like all these overdoses. The, the CDC, and here's why I think people are misled a little bit, right? So the CDC says that 91 people die a day from opiate overdose, right? And then they say, you know, we have to stop doctors and it's all due to prescription opiates. But if you break down the numbers, that that term, opiate overdose, includes prescription drugs, it includes heroin, and it also includes illegal street fentanyl. So it's all mixed together in that one rate. And what's really happening is that it's the heroin that's exploding. You know, in Canada, was, we're talking about before, 90% of the heroin in Canada is from Afghanistan. And it's this new powdered form. So it's like a perfect storm of overprescribing that led to now pulling back you know, economic issues, depression, relationships combined with this new heroin on the market, but this mm-hmm. fentanyl that's being cut. That's really what the crisis is. And we need to focus on that. And, you know, because if we restrict legitimate patients from legitimate doctors, these patients, if they're going to turn to heroin, that's really what's happening because it's cheaper and it's more available. But can we blame the, uh, the entire crisis just on the pain and then flowing over into the into the drug market no. or can we also no, look at very the, good or can we also look at the legalization by certain governments of of marijuana and is there actually a connection between the legalization of marijuana the medical use of marijuana and the increase of of opiate uh, overdoses and abuse you know, that, that's an interesting angle. Um, you know, it's, it's possible as, as, you know, all these have similar kind of components, especially heroin and pain medication. And then also you got to realize there is a, another type of patient, which is very addictive, mm-hmm. which sometimes, you know, it's not real pain. It's like they're using it as an escape, 
just right. like alcohol. Yeah. Right? Alcohol actually causes more death. So alcohol, illicit substances, marijuana, they're all used sometimes to escape emotional and psychological pain, right? So you're going to drift towards different medications. Mm-hmm. So not all of these are due to patients who had legitimate pain who just stopped and went into it. That's happening more recently, I believe, right? But because it was, these are drugs are now so easy to get, you know, the, the, the supply is there. And then the, basically, as I think our society has developed with more depression, economic issues, people turn more to drugs and escape. It's almost more accepted now because we're kind of pill populations. Right? Exactly. We see all these commercials on TV for, if you have depression, you take this medication. And then right after that will be a commercial from the lawyer that says, if you took this medication, <laughs> you have this side effect, call this number. It's so right after that one. So. <laughs> it's like it's spawning an entire new industry. That's right. So you have two, two supportive industries. Right. <laughs> But, it's kind of funny. But yet you, the medical community is is being looked at as the cause of all this. And I don't believe the medical community is. I don't think Big Pharma is either. I think that there are underlying villains at work here and that society is saying, well, geez, the doctors are overprescribing and the pharmaceutical company is making it too easy for the doctor to overprescribe. And, and to me, that's all wrong. Now that that narrative is 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 right. All the blame is being put on on pharma and doctors, and yeah. and I have to agree. Like in the in the years of overprescribing, yes, doctors were prescribing too much. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. Things are scaled back now. Like the pendulum is 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 swung back. As far as pharma, you know, there's been a lot of talk about OxyContin doing big marketing campaigns and influencing doctors. I feel as a doctor. I don't care how much money you, you put in marketing. I right. mean, as a doctor, you have a relationship with your patient. So it doesn't matter if commercials are run all over or the patient's demanding. It's still your responsibility. Pharma, you know, of course, they're going to do the commercials. They want to increase their profit. But of course. between a doctor and a patient, that's a responsibility of the doctor. So, you know, the doctors that were over-prescribing, then, but I'm just saying the situation on the ground yeah. is different now, right? So if we're reacting to things that were happening five years ago, and I'll give you another example. The whole basis of the CDC's like war on drugs has to do with a study they showed that 75% of all heroin addicts, you know, started with prescription opiates, right? So their reasoning is to win the war on heroin, you need to win the war on prescription opiates, right? So that's their whole restriction. The one thing that they didn't look at, Mm -hmm. which is the most crucial, is where did these opiate, I mean, these heroin addicts get their prescriptions from doctors? You know, or from the street or from family and friends. And there was another study done yeah. recently that showed that 75% of, of heroin addicts got their medications from family and friends. So the real problem is not necessarily doctors not writing it, it's people getting it from the street. Is your yep. experience as a cop? Yeah. Right? You said it was $10 a bag or, or what it was, was ten, that? It was $10 a pill. It was $10 a pill. A pill. Yeah. Right. So, the, you know, that's where really that, and, and we can actually solve that problem yeah. because. You know, when a doctor sees a patient, if it's legitimate, now you can do testing, check prescription databases yep. to make sure nobody else is prescribing. You can do drug tests to make not only sure that they're taking the medication, but they're not combining it with, you know, benzodiazepines, alcohol, because really a lot of the overdose is accidental because people are taking so many pills together. I mean, both medically prescribed and, you know, illicit stuff, combining it all together. So a lot of these overdoses, they're accidental. People aren't going out to try to. Overdose. And, and isn't it true, doctor, that uh, there are also a, a number of overdoses and drug addiction dependencies that are being caused by kids going into the family medicine chest and taking prescribed pills that their parents have had prescribed to them legitimately? There is. There's actually, they did some studies regarding that exact thing, and they found that even like, you know, uh, sometimes parents, even when they're aware yep that kids get into it from the news, they still don't lock up their medication. So a lot of overdoses, even in young infants, you know, are due to, uh, to parents leaving their medicine caption and, and people taking it and overdosing. Yeah. So that's a preventable, preventable tragedy that people need to be aware of. Like you just pointed out, and, and that's something that is up to us to control, especially with the situation in our own family. Pav, please stand by. You and I have to take our break. Exonation. Nation, Dr. Pav Grover is our special guest. We're talking about the three biggest myths of the opiate crisis. He's got uh, a couple of websites. Well, let's use this one. inovaspine.net. 
And his uh, YouTube channel is Paging Dr. Grover. We'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue this very important topic. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And, you know, coming from me, an ex-cop, I've seen a lot of people do a lot of stupid things. And one of them has to be getting addicted to drugs with, you know, don't, 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 don't get yourself addicted to these drugs. If you think you are, please do me a favor. Seek help. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarWalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dr. Pav Grover is our special guest. We're talking about the three biggest myths of the opiate crisis. And um, so where, where do we go from here? Look, we know, we know that there are synthetic chemical manufacturers in China that are just trying to, to beat the system. You know, people at Customs and Borders and Border Security, Homeland Security, certainly have their hands full trying to stop it from coming into into the U.S. as well as our own people up here in Canada. The chemists of the manufacturing plants where they make the designer drugs are trying to keep one step ahead of the rules and regulations so that their synthetic drug does not meet with any of the criteria within the FDA so, they're, so they can't import their drugs into the United States. But where do you think the real problem lies? And where do you think, uh, Pav, that we should actually put the microscope? Take it off the doctors. Take it off off of the uh, off the pharmaceutical companies. Where should that microscope go? So first, you know, as you said, that, you know, we have to do a problem solving of this, right? To problem solve, we need to know exactly what's happening on the ground now. So the problem is... We've got, um, it's, it's, the doctors are now pulled back. They're afraid to write. We don't want to put the hammer on them because that means some legitimate mm-hmm. patient patients are going to suffer. And we're just driving them into the street, right? There's now testing that you can do to make sure patients are not mixing it with other medications right. and taking it and not getting it. So there's safeguards that doctors, it should be mandatory, right? If you're going to prescribe pain medications, you have to do these things to protect your patient. But, but isn't, it, but isn't no, it true, no Pat, that if a patient doesn't get the drug from the doctor and they feel they need it, they'll go and get it on the street? They will get it on the street. And the legitimate ones, I'm saying the testing will, will resolve some of that because you can actually test the levels and what else they're getting on the street. And, and you can't control that. So mm-hmm. even if you... You know, some people, they're going to have other issues with depression, and they might overdose. They might just take too much or combine it with alcohol, and there's a lot of things. So we've got to look at that. But what's happening on the ground, the reason that you're seeing this explosion on the news of people, you know, basically overdosing in a car with their kids in the backseat, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah, that was syringe is still in there. We have to realize that what's happening now is an explosion of this potent, dangerous heroinness on the market. So instead of putting the focus on doctors and stopping that, mm-hmm. we need to stop that at the source. Now, you mentioned exactly. about this synthetic morphine coming over the mail. We can stop that because, you know, what people have to realize is drug dealers, they don't really want to kill their customers. It doesn't make sense that no. they want to do that, but it's so complicated to do that cutting with the fentanyl and these other synthetic drugs, as you talked about, that... You know, inadvertently they're putting too much. There was a case of a lady who went to get street Xanax, not even narcotics. And she died immediately because you know, the drug dealer put fentanyl in the in the drug. And she died, like, instantly, right? So that's really where we have to put the focus. Stop the mail from, you know, bringing in the stuff over. And go to the source of heroin. You know, we, we talked about where is this heroin coming from. Afghanistan, yeah. 90%, at least in Canada, they found that 90% of the heroin comes from Afghanistan. That was several years ago, it was 60%, but now it's 90. So that is such an addictive, dangerous medication because of the potency and being cut with these different drugs that this is not something that we can manage, right? That's the other thing that we get more rehab, which we need, Mm -hmm. more Narcan. But this is a very dangerous thing as a cop. You've seen that on the front line, right? You've seen addiction. And so we have to stop that source, whether it's in Afghanistan, whether it's in South America, we need to put focus on that. We need to section off the legitimate pain patients and put their protocols. But we have to go after these sources of this new dangerous stuff on the market. I agree with you 100% that we have to go after the source. But what about the patients who have been addicted or still are addicted to these drugs? And where do we bring the mental health professional into the picture to help with this? Certainly, that's actually the key. I'm glad that you mentioned that up. So the person, you know, there's three, you show three categories of patients you know, that are taking pain medication. You could say one is who's got pure psychological, emotional, addictive mm-hmm. issues, and you know they're taking it for escapism. Whatever illicit the drug is, it doesn't matter. Sure. Right? It could be heroin, pot, ecstasy, whatever it is. So that needs a full drug rehabilitation, psychological support to get off those medications. So then you have, 
the legitimate pain patient that doesn't have a lot of those issues, which opiates have become, you know, improvement in quality of life. So we've got mm-hmm. to separate that. And they don't have necessarily strong addictive issues that can be managed. And then you have the complicated patient that's got a real source for pain and an addiction. So those are going to require a multidisciplinary approach with psychologists and different kinds of things. So once we can categorize in terms of what the issues are, you know, we need more efforts with addiction and really kind of getting out of the pill mentality because we rely not only just narcotics because, you know, I see patients there on 14 different medications. Holy cow. They go to one doctor and some of it is in, institutionalized, right? So you, let's say you're taking a medication, you develop mm-hmm. constipation, for example, right? So the doctor has to refer you to a GI doctor because it could be cancerous, so they can't just assume it's a side effect. Right. So they do their testing and then they put you on something for constipation because you have to relieve that unless you get dizziness. So now you go to the neurologist. So a lot of times we're chasing side effects because we live in a multi, you know, pill culture. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you know, it's as, as health, really good mental, you know, like physical health and, and has to do with your diet, your exercise. We have so much control over our health that we don't realize, right? We just kind of get doomed by a diagnosis. Okay. We have genetic and it's diabetes or it's this. So we don't realize how much power that we have to change our own physiology by the way we eat and the way we exercise. I mean, it's, it's pretty, we have much more control than we thought we did over our DNA. What about rehabilitation centers for the people who are, who are suffering from the withdrawal? And, and what do we do with the people who actually need these pills? They, they need the relief from the pain. Because you and I both know, as well as a lot of our listeners, that painkillers just mask the problem. The problem is still there. It's just yes. a masking agent. Yes. So, you know, medications, like I said, they're last resort. I know they're, they're not really fixing mm-hmm. the problem, right? I'm actually, you know, in my practice, we're not really, we don't prescribe medications. Right. You know, we do a lot of, you know, non-surgical things because we don't want medications. We don't want surgery. So mm-hmm. the the trick is to first get the right diagnosis. And the way that you get a diagnosis, just so let's say you get an MRI, you see a bulging disc, you see maybe some sciatic issues, possibly some problems with arthritis. What we don't know from the MRI is which one of those three things is causing the pain, right? So the way that you approach it is you go and you block one section of it with a long-acting version of a Novocaine, like when you go to the dentist's office, you know how they give you that medication to numb up your teeth? Yeah. That medication just numbs up the area that I injected, doesn't spread for one or two days. Mm-hmm. So the amount of pain relief that a patient gets, we can actually map out your back. So we can come at the end and say, okay, 50% of the problem is disc, 20% mm-hmm. is here, and take out the whole guesswork. It's right? just so like an epidural. Once you have the no, epidural is different. And, you know, usually people are used to going and they're getting a, a three epidural injections. Mm-hmm. Epidural is just a wide shot of steroids. The problem is it doesn't give you any information. So if you get better for a few weeks or months, you don't know why you got it. It's because the steroid helped the disc. Well, all the all joint, right. Now let me. And it wears off. You're back at the square one. Okay. When I went and had knee surgery done, the anesthesiologist gave me an epidural. So the epidural he gave you was for anesthetic purposes. So he put a catheter in, right. and he's feeding in a Novocaine, basically to block some of the nerves to right. help you in post-op. So, so when you do an ep- yeah, so that's that's like baby. When women have babies, they get an epidural. Right. So it, it's it's a similar. Anesthetic but but it, but isn't that a way We're of knowing about, exactly mm-hmm. where to where to use the injection? What what uh, type of drug mm-hmm. to use so that it just targets that specific area? Right. No, the, when you're putting in an epidural, you're putting in a catheter, so it's spreading over a wide area, right? When you are doing what I'm referring to, okay. you're actually under x-ray. Okay. You're blocking a section, seeing the response, and developing a source map gotcha. so that you know where exactly the pain is. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then you know whether it's inflammatory. And there's actually a lot of things that we do. Sometimes surgery is necessary, but we yeah. isolate exactly what disc it is so the surgeon knows some things you know i can do with a scope mm-hmm. you want to minimize the structural change in your spine because you just cause other problems right and sometimes we have things we do with lasers which can shut off the pain nerve not any other type of nerve and allow mm-hmm. the body to recover itself so we want to help the body heal from the chronic pain and, and not necessarily keep going in surgically or or you know random treatments without really 
and that's really the misdiagnosis and in, is really the reason that we continue to have pain problems. If we want to get to the root cause, you know, that's how we fix it. And then we combine physical therapy to undo the balance problems, the deconditioning. So I think we also have to look at the root cause. We've got the addiction issue, the mm-hmm. drug issue. But we also got to see how, how can we approach. But are, are we talking? Are we talking, understanding? are we talking about two separate problems here? Are we talking about the medical uh, overuse of of painkillers compared to the on the street illegal use of painkillers? Because uh, I'm looking at this as two separate yes. two separate problems. It's two separate problems. Yes, you're exactly right. And the problem is we're conflating the two, right? So right. when all these approaches that we're doing around, we're conflating addiction issues, we're addiction medications for, for, because whenever you see on the news, you watch the next news report you see, you'll see they'll say, you know, oh, the opioid overdose, there's so many people that die a day and they point to these things. And then the next sentence it goes, so we're taking actions to stop the doctor from writing. And when you look at the opiates, they throw in heroin and illegal fentanyl yeah. in the same mix. So they're conflating the numbers. Mm-hmm. So we're obviously conflating the problem and not approaching it because we're combining all of it as this one problem and there's separate distinct issues that we need to handle separately. And the best, to the best of my knowledge and my recollection, I've never heard of a doctor prescribing opium. No, not these days. I mean, opiates cover things like Perkadan, Vicodin, mm-hmm. things like that. So that's one of the general category. They also put heroin, no, and nobody prescribes the heroin. You can't prescribe sure. it as a prescription. You know, there is a fentanyl that's prescribed as a patch. Um, but, it's, you know, you can't tell in the, when you have a, when somebody dies from an overdose, Rob, mm-hmm. it, you know, you really, it's very difficult to say what caused the overdose. Yeah. Heroin converts into morphine in the body. So it's underreported. So that's what I'm saying. What's really happening in this exact moment is most of these deaths are due to illegal heroin, this illegal fentanyl, and that's really the thing we need to address. Sure. That's really what's causing these, these issues. Put this issue under the war on drugs instead of the war on the medical and pharmaceutical industry. Doc, you and I have to... We have to separate the war from prescription opiates. Exactly, exactly. And and I don't Mm -hmm. know why this hasn't been done. To me, this is something that is very plain to see. So we're, in your opinion... You and I, I, Rob, are breaking new ground here. This is, I think, the first step in being aware of the problem. Like you said, you're a problem solver. Yeah. So problem solver resolves with really breaking down the essentials of a problem without politics, without agenda, and to really see what's going on to because uh, it's affecting families and this is it a is. horrible thing so yeah. we need to we need to really focus on what's happening all right doc please stand by you and i have to take our final break for this uh this segment exonation nation dr pav grover is our guest this hour check out inovaspine.net and his uh, youtube channel Paging Dr. Grover, and we'll both be back on the other side as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, check out all the great programming we have available for you 24 7365 at www.xzbn.net. Hi, everyone. Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Pav Grover is our special guest. We're talking about the drug problem, the opiate problem here in Canada and the United States. First of all, Pav, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure having you on the show. And I would just like to share with our listeners that in response to your great work in pain management and humanitarian efforts, you were given a national award at the White House from President Clinton and First Lady Hillary Clinton. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, actually, it's the humanitarian stuff that, that's, I think, probably just affecting somebody else's life mm-hmm. is, is probably the greatest reward for me. All the big moments, not as important as that that little difference you can make in somebody's life. So that's, that's the most rewarding. But thank you very much for that. So how do we attack these two problems, Pav? You know, I, I see one as being a law enforcement issue, the illegal distribution, the illegal importation, uh, the, the trafficking of these drugs that, that bring people into the clutch of these uh, very habitual drugs. And, and, uh, and, oh, and, and half the time, these people really don't know what they're taking because they're cut with agents. And 
you know, who knows what they're taking, causing the uh, the the amount of of heroin overdoses that that we see in the newspaper. And then we've got the other side, the the use or the overuse or the overdose of of painkillers when it comes to the treatment of pain. So what do we do here? So the solution is really, it's a multifaceted solution to a multifaceted problem. So in terms of the illegal street drug, heroin, fentanyl, that, that's a policing issue. You're right. And, you know, we have to stop it coming from the mail, whatever we need to do to stop that import. We need to look at our borders yeah. where this, you know, this heroin is coming yeah. on. That's, and then maybe at the source. I mean, we're in Afghanistan. We should really mm-hmm. look at how we can curb that, right? Uh, our strategy has not worked because it's just getting increasing and it's affecting the whole world. Well, the strategy, is, the, the strategy isn't working because they're looking at the wrong solution to the wrong problem. That's right. That's right. So we need to look at that. Now, in terms of the overprescribing of opiates, you know, I think there's a lot of there's, there's, we should have mandatory testing yep. and checking for doctors if they prescribe it. So we make sure they're not diverting it to the street or combining it with alcohol and other things. So that will make a big impact to stop the overdoses from prescription opiates and not hurt the people that need it. Okay, number one. Number two, the pill mills, the places where they're just selling pills for cash, illegitimate, in unscrupulous you know, doctors, that's again a policing issue. We need to shut those down so that it doesn't you know, increase the level on the street. And, and, you know, and then we need more mental health services for people who are suffering with addiction and helping families deal with that. And then the fourth, which is probably later on, is really kind of refocus and change how we approach this chronic pain. So we don't have patients that have it. We have more innovative ways and a whole rethinking of how we approach pain problems. And so that's a four-step approach, actually. But that, I think, will address these separate separate issues and not conflate it, and then we'll make real progress. What do we do for the people who really need pain management? What can we what can we help them with instead of the the heavy narcotics and the risk of getting dependent on the narcotic? Yes. Yeah, so you know the if when people are developing chronic pain. You know, what we can do in terms of what we have control of, of our own lives, right? So, you know, the in diabetes, blood pressure, all of it because it starts with a vicious cycle with pain. But we can do a lot for it. We can really eat healthier. We can, for example, just diet. If we're just going on an overall holistic approach, we have to be careful what food we put on our body. As you know, you know, when you look at food and meat and you see that they're not, if they're not grass-fed, we're putting a lot of estrogen, people don't realize, in our foods because of the hormones that put the animal pesticides have hormone disruptors. So we're actually exposed to a lot of estrogen, which is made from fat. So we have to, you know, watch our food. We have to reduce our sugar intake, which causes so many different problems. So there's a lot that we can do naturally, you know, to affect our health, what we're putting in our body so that we're not dependent on any sort of pills or narcotics. And what happens is, People are just kind of almost brainwashed to say, well, this diabetes or this problem, and to a certain degree it is, but it's genetic, so that we don't have any control of it, so we have to depend on the doctor to give me this treatment or this medication. And what we realized that we didn't know before, and this gets a little bit of science, but I'm a geek that way. So, you know, with science, a long time ago when we were in medical school, we were taught that the nucleus, which is the center of the cell, is where the DNA is, and that controls everything. So your whatever disease you get, your personality, and we have no influence of it. What we find now is that the center is not in the nucleus, but it's in the membrane. The reason we know that is because when they broke their DNA genome, they were so excited because they thought now we can solve every problem because everything's determined by the DNA. And what they found, there weren't that many codes. That's one thing you don't hear about in the, in the media. They, they couldn't really identify all that. So what we really know is that it's the, the membrane around the cell that controls everything. In translation means it's our environment in our body in terms of around the cell, which controls the DNA. So we control mm-hmm. our DNA by not only the healthy eating, but stress. People don't realize that stress, the body doesn't know the difference between physical stress and mental stress. So when it gets stressed out, the body thinks it's in fight or flight, so it raises your blood pressure, 
It releases a cortisol. It decreases your immunity. That's why we get sick when we're more stressed out. So if we realize that we have a lot that we can control, it'll be the first step in getting independent of the medical system. Sometimes we need it, of course, but you know, you have more power over your body and your health mm-hmm. and your DNA than you realize. So we can control our DNA. And we're just, I think just opening that whole new different way of thinking is first liberation to take control of your own health. You know, if they can make synthetic drugs that have uh, an addictive effect uh, like we've been talking about tonight, why couldn't they make a synthetic drug that kills pain without any of the effects of the of the painkillers that are addictive? So they, they are. There's new science. There's new products that they found at the jungles, I think, of, of Africa, where they're going through the FDA process with can activate the receptors for pain but not addiction. And you bring up a good point, and it's a question. Can you take pain medications? I mean, the ones that need it legitimately and not get addicted to it. So there's two differences. One is psychological addiction. You're taking mm-hmm. the medication for escapism or a high or what it feels you. And then there's physical dependence, which is different. Physical dependence, all, all that means is that you, you are on a medication and you can't stop it suddenly. So if you stop it suddenly, you get withdrawal. doesn't mean that you're an addict necessarily. It just means that you have to taper down off that medication. And certain antidepressants are like that. A lot of medications are like that where you can't stop it. Suddenly you get sick. doesn't mean you're addicted to that drug. You're just not addicted. So there is a separation that we have to understand. So not, you know, the difference between your body getting used to a medication mm-hmm. has to be tapered slowly and psychological. So it's, it's, again, we conflate the two. So we need to understand that. Otherwise we just assume, because I've heard irresponsible things in the media, to be honest with you, Rob, I've, I've heard, you know, like that if you take one pain pill after surgery, that you're going to become an addict. So they recommend no pain medications at all. Some people need it. Some people don't. But, you know, if you if you have major surgery and yeah. you have to stay active, otherwise you get a blood clot, you have to do the rehab. So just saying that blanket statement and allowing patients to suffer and chronic pain also can develop from acute pain that's not managed well. So, you know, we've got to take all these perspectives and not, like you said, vilify one thing and just sure. blanket say we, we, you know, we shouldn't do that. Pav, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? I think that what you're doing in your approach, Rob, is, is finding the problems and really approaching it is really the first step. And I think a lot of people are, are really not aware of a lot of things that you know, I have talked about because we're buying into the myths as we talked about that the current rise is due to prescription drugs. We can stop mm-hmm. the crisis by stopping pain doctors and fix the heroin crisis. So I think the first step is really understanding what the problem is, understanding what what pain is, and that's really then how you solve a problem by exactly what you're doing. So I applaud you for, you know, all your questions and the focus. You really have this essence down to the problem. I do. Thank you so much for your kind words, sir. Uh, so what's what lies ahead for for Doctor Grover? You know, you're you're a very busy man. We've, not only with your practice, uh, you're 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 very you're a very active patient advocate. What's next? I think the patient advocacy that really moves me is, is really strong. And, you know, I, I, I developed this connection with patient advocacy that I lost my almost twin brother years ago. And I was actually on call when they brought him in, had to code him. So it changed my life in terms of really understood what patients go through and what families go through. So I think what's next is mm-hmm. this is my driving force is to, you know, really kind of look out for the patient, go against the norm so we can get information. And I think that's really what, what moves me now. Dr. Pav Grover, thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the Exxon. It's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Continued success in everything that you're doing, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet either here in the Exxon or somewhere way out there. I look, I look forward to it, Rob. Thank you very much. As I said before, you're a renaissance man. I'm very impressed with all the stuff that you're doing. Keep that up. I certainly will, and thank you once again for your kind words. Exonation, if you'd like to find out more about uh, Dr. Pav Grover, I-N-O-V-O-S-P-I-N-E dot net, and his um, YouTube channel, Paging Dr. Grover. 
I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. (laughs) 